All right. Welcome to uh, the, the newest installment of Not not Minding My Own Business. I'm Russell Farbiars with Anton Average Farbiars at Northeast Berks Abstract. And I am so excited to introduce you to our guest uh, this this weekend, uh, this this morning or this afternoon, whenever it is that you happen to be to be looking at looking at this. Uh, Dave Mattis uh, from the Dave Mattis uh, team or is it the Dave Mattis group? At for sure. Team at uh, Remax of Reading. So welcome, Dave. Uh, tell if you want to introduce yourself to our listeners. Very good. Well, thank you for having me, Russell. Uh, yeah, Dave Mattis with the Remax of Reading and the Dave Mattis team. So I have a, a team of uh, real estate professionals here that can handle just about any of your real estate needs. So I am, I guess you'd call me the team leader, but I, I list primarily and, and help run the team and market negotiate listings. And then I have uh, three other agents and two uh, wonderful admin that do, you know, anything and everything for us uh, that we need them to do. So try to have fun. So one of the great things about your team, Dave, is is that it's a team and it really is an experience working with your team. So can you just sort of break down uh, who does who does what, not necessarily by name, but just just in terms of function? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, like if you call me up, Russell, and say, hey, I have a referral for you and it is a listing someone that needs a market evaluation or whatever stage they're at, that's, that's where I, you know, take the ball and run with it to start because I'm, you know, primarily a list, primarily a listing specialist. Again, I'm licensed. All of us are licensed to do every aspect of real estate. But um, so if you had a referral and you said, Hey, you know, my cousin Jim wants to buy a house or whatever, then I would bring in either Josh, Jackie or Melanie uh, to say, Hey, these guys work almost exclusively with buyers and uh, bring them into the into the mix. I would typically have an interview with them first, and then just say, "Hey, I'm going to you know send you over to one of these super qualified people," and then they sit down and move forward with the, with the buying process. You know, the re, the pre approval and all that. And then we have um, uh, Erica is our transaction coordinator. So from the time we get a contract on something like one of our listings going all the way to closing or one of our buyers goes under contract, Erica then takes it from there to closing and helps us, um, you know, run that whole process. And Leslie, who has been with me, I'm guessing maybe four or five years now, I should probably know this. Uh, she is our uh, admin and just, you know, helps me with our listings. It helps us with our marketing, our, uh, you know, client parties that we have, all the, the fun things that we hand out. She helps us just with every every aspect of what we do. So that's pretty much the structure of it. Oh, wonderful. So, so Dave, how did you get to where you are today? Well, that's, that's a great question. Um, started, uh, you know, sort of stumbled onto real estate in 1995, which is, is kind of, I think, what happens to a lot of people. Um, and it, it really stuck with me. Uh, I was doing well at the company I was at. I was at a small um, real estate firm in Sinking Spring. And then someone at Remax recruited me for their team. And teams weren't even a thing back in, you know, 1997. Uh, they were coached by a person from California. So maybe they were a little more progressive. But anyway, I became a buyer's agent for this, this uh, team leader at Remax here in uh, Wyoming, and did really, really well. And uh, one thing led to another. I, 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 decided that, you know, working for her was a little, 
uh, more difficult, you know, than I uh, was was prepared for. So I actually got out of the real estate business and, and I did mortgages for five years, believe it or not. So um, they have an in-house uh, mortgage person here at Remax and, and they recruited me to do that. So I did that for five years and it tied really, really well together with my uh, real estate knowledge. And then I just kept getting the bug, you know, to get back into real estate. So I picked up the phone and called a, another team leader here at Remax and said, hey, you know, if you want to expand your team, I'm ready to get back into the business. So I, again, became a buyer's agent. So I've helped a lot of buyers uh, in my career. So I did that for five or six years and then finally left that team all on great terms in, in that situation. And then what would happen is Mel and I would go, uh, Mel's my wife, she, we would go to the Remax convention every February and we'd come back super fired up and it would be like, hey, Mel, why don't you become my assistant? And then next year it would be, hey, Mel, why don't you get your license? So that's how the team formed for me. Mel got her, her license and started working with uh, my buyer referrals. And then, you know, one thing led to another. We picked up another buyer's agent, uh, had a you know, great relationship uh, with Dave, and he, he actually just retired from the business entirely. Uh, and then uh, we have one more agent here. So that's pretty much how it happened. You know, just kind of, you know, almost, I guess you'd call it a natural progression. Yeah, it, it does sound like a natural progression. And it sounds like you've really worked in like all the different aspects of the of the process. How how has working, for instance, in the mortgage industry helped you become a better realtor? Well, uh, another really, really good question. And I feel like when I sit down with one of my sellers that has a complicated financial situation or needs to understand how the mortgage aspect works or what's happening right now is people are doing everything in their power to try to buy uh, without selling. I can actually help people piece that together, you know, whether it's through a, a swing loan, whether it's through a home equity loan or whether it's just refinancing their current mortgage. Um, I, but I know the ins and outs of all of those programs. So that's pretty much directly, you know, how it's affected me. And then on top of that, I'm, you know, got really used to doing closing cost estimates for people. A lot of people rely on their lender to do that. Uh, but I, you know, I feel like that that's a, should be an agent's responsibility. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, can you, for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar, can you walk us through what, what do you do for your clients um, that they wouldn't, they wouldn't anticipate? Well, I can't really sit here and say that there's something they might not anticipate. I guess a lot of buyers, you know, kind of come into the process and they don't know what to expect. So, so you know, that's, I guess, a good way to sort of tie that together. Uh, but the first thing we do is, is just ask lots and lots of questions. And our goal, uh, even though the world has, you know, gone virtual and, uh, a lot of people are, you know, really, really comfortable with texting and emailing and, you know, Facebook Messenger and all that. But our goal is to meet with whoever we're working with, whether it's, you know, someone that needs to list their house. And of course, we're going to need to see the house, but buyers too. And of course, when I say meet, that can be absolutely can be virtual, you know, and it, it, it does happen. Uh, but that's the key. We have a, you know, a form that just, you know, kind of guides us through asking them all the right questions. That, that's the key. Um, and then of course we take the natural step to say, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to pay for this, you know, and try to help them uh, get a feel for where we're going as far as mortgage is concerned, or is it going to be cash? 
uh, and then just walk them through the process. So once once that happens, again, on the buy side, um, you know, we're getting them pre-approved and then we just pretty much hit the ground running uh, to start finding people houses based on their on their time frame. Uh, on the listing side, I show up super prepared, you know, for my listing appointment. Uh, you know, I have my resume in there. Um, just lots of, uh, you know, I jokingly call it propaganda, you know, just, you know, because it's all about me. It's like, hey, here's here's all our, our bragging of, of all the transactions and, and families we've helped in the last 12 months and all that stuff. So um, we, we show up with that, you know, as prepared as we possibly can, answer as many questions as possible. And then we come back a second time on the listing presentation with a uh, a really thorough market analysis. And, you know, I have a, a marketing presentation that I review with folks. And then I have a listing presentation. We go live to the internet, to the multi-list. And I show them all the properties that I, that I use to kind of come up with their price range of, you know, where do they fit in uh, with the market? And then, you know, from there, um, you know, people, I imagine are expecting it, but when they don't have it is when they miss it. And what I'm getting at is, is the communication. Like we really stay in touch with people throughout the process. Like if we need to, you know, adjust the price, you know, I will, you know, not be shy and raise my hand and say, Hey, I think it's time. Uh, we send out uh, a showing report every Friday. So we just try to stay in touch with people, you know, as, as much as we possibly can. And I think that makes a really, really big difference. Absolutely. Communication really is key. And I can say from, from working with, with your team, both, at, both as a former client uh, and as a referral partner that, that you guys do communicate um, all the time. And, and, it, and it, it is a, a, a very, a very good thing to do now. Thank you. Just because I think this, that, you know, folks might be interested in this. What's the strangest thing you've ever seen in a listing appointment? Uh, you know, it's really not fit for, uh, for prime time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's try to keep it like G or, you know, light PG rated. <laughs> All right. Well, the funniest thing, so, so one of the things that, that I think is a phenomenon when you're showing houses and you get super comfortable with people, or maybe people just don't care is the amount of flatulence that you experience on a showing. So, <laughs> so that's, that's definitely fit for prime time, but the things that we see when we show houses or the things that we see when we go to list houses, I, I mean, it'll, it'll just, it'll just blow your mind, you know? So again, not, not for prime time, I'm trying to think of something else uh, funny, but uh, no, I think that'll have to do. And then you'll just have to use your imagination on, on the other, uh, the other items. Now you, you, you have represented buyers of, of, you know, from, from the whole gamut, you know, I know you'll, you'll represent obviously, you know, high, high end houses and you'll also represent, you know, mobile homes. Is, is that right? It is. It is for better or worse. I sometimes take, take some heat for that, uh, but you know, we, you know, an example is we just listed a piece of land in uh, Len Hartsville and, and you know, uh, you know, the person that, that purchased that, I mean, it was in the 20,000 range. And, and I guess the point of, of why we do it is if we have a ready, willing and able seller that, that, you know, has gotten our market analysis, has seen, you know, what it, what it costs to sell something like that. And they're, and they're motivated to do it. We're, we're all over it. You know what I mean? And we just sort of follow the referrals, I guess is the best way to put it because, 
you know, I, I just want to make sure that if someone is taking the time to either refer us or someone's taking the time to reach out to us for help, that we, we, we want to honor that the best we can. So I hope that makes sense. No, it, it does. And, and it, it, it's, it's nice that you're, you're willing to provide service to anyone who needs it. Uh, within reason, of course, but that th- there it it's not. You don't t- seem to take the position that if it's not a five hundred thousand dollar house, I'm not interested. You're you're willing to to help just about anyone. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, there are times when when rest we just you know it's not a match or there's just something so convoluted or complicated about the sale that we that we have to step away. But it's it's not that often. And then to a fault, sometimes we uh, you know we 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 tackle things that uh, maybe we should have stepped away from. But uh, I think it all just speaks to how uh, driven we are to to service the people we work with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, what would you say your personal mission statement is? Well, I, I have it right, right, right behind me. <laughs> I don't know if I can uh, recite it uh, word for word, but it, essentially it's to help people buy and sell homes in, in a client-focused manner. And then part two of it is just to help and give back to the community like wherever possible. So it's those, those two things. That's wonderful. Now, what ways do you give back to the community? Well, lots. Uh, we're participating in uh, Super Bowl tonight. That is uh, Opportunity House. Um, Josh participated in, a, I believe it was an ARL event for the animals. Uh, this past year, and I, so we're in 2022 20, now. So in 21, we had two blood drives. We developed our own food drive. Um, that's just to name a few. We, we really just try to give back. And, and you know, all of us are kind of bombarded by that. Hey, can you, you know, 100, 200, you know, sponsored golf outing. You know, we just try to do it um, as much as we can within reason. And uh, I'm trying to think of some other scenarios. Um, but yeah, we love, love giving back. I just feel like our community. So I went through leadership perks in 2010. It's actually how I, how I met Alexa. And what the biggest eye-opening thing from that was how much uh, Berks County and the city of Reading like need us all, you know, to to chip in and and push things push things forward. Yeah, and and I'll say your your name is always out there, you know, and you're and you're always, you, you know, doing good things for the community. Uh, when you came out of Leadership Berks, what organization did you volunteer with? I actually started with uh, Berks nature which is berks county conservancy you know at at the time and i I was uh, sort of jumped into their trail ambassador program so i was a trail ambassador manager uh for a while uh with that program and and that's a real real neat um location that they've they've developed over there uh, on alvernia's campus um you know uh, absolutely yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've been over there. I know I've, I've been over there with, with my kids. My kids have gone to, to the day camp there and it's, it's really a great asset to the community. So, so thank you for whatever, whatever you did to, oh. to contribute to that. Well, you're, you're welcome. And, and while, while we're on that, if I'll just, uh, you know, I know this isn't going to going to air for a little while, but they, they've been closed to the public for, for quite some time and they're actually doing some renovations and, and working on their preschool. I think it is, uh, but they're actually opening up back up in about a week. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's fantastic. And then the other thing is that people might not know, uh, they have these wonderful 
uh, conference rooms and we did a team retreat there in November so that we really, really enjoyed the, you know, the hospitality and then just uh, the environment, you know, you're looking out these windows at, at nature, you could, you know, you could go for a hike if you wanted to. Um, so yeah, so that's what that's kind of what I what I jumped into right after, uh, after leadership works. It's hard to believe that's been so many years ago, but <laughs> well, yeah, it's, yeah, it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. So, so we talk a lot about about the work you do. What do you do in your free time? What do you do to sort of relax? <laughs> well, um, gosh, Almighty. So I I I, I am a musician. Um, kind of a I you know, self-deprecating. I'm a lousy musician. So I do, I do play, play some music. I play guitar and bass. Um, family is like massively important to me. I have, um, you know, married to Mel. I have a 31 year old son. I have a 20 and a 16 year old daughter. So my, my youngest is in, is into horses. My uh, oldest was into uh, theater, musicals, singing. Um, and now she's off at college. So we don't really get to you know, do too much together in that sense. But uh, yeah, so um, travel is is huge, although that's been, uh, you know, obviously really, really a big challenge for everybody. Uh, love, I love sports and uh, I love eating, in case you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is your favorite travel destination? I'd have to say Europe. Um, yep, Mel and I have been to Italy twice, uh, once with the family, and then we were, we had some friends that were living in Germany and we got to visit them with, with family, our family. Uh, that's kind of what we, I mean, other than Disney world, that's kind of what we, what we dream of. That, that's wonderful. And hopefully soon you'll be able to do it again. Indeed. You know, you know um, now, now you said, you said your older daughter was, is into theater. You were very involved with Genesius for a while. Is that right? I was, I was, I was on the, the board of directors there for a while. It all sort of started when, you know, my, my, my kids were kind of coming up and looking for these, these outlets of where they could go, you know, to sing and act and, and so on. And just saw that, you know, that organization, you know, needed, needed help still does to this day. Uh, so I had a, a pretty decent run with, with the board of directors there. Um, you know, and I still go see shows and, uh, and try to support them whenever possible. So that's, that's definitely something that, that took up quite a bit of my time. Uh, to sort of intercept your next question, which which might be, you know, what am I doing now? Public uh, community give back wise, there's a there's a super cool uh, science focused organization called Sparks S P A R K S. Uh, it stands for Science Projects Are Really Kids Stuff. Uh, that goes out into the community across the nation, and they're local here in Mountain, but they go out in not only you know Pennsylvania, but underserved communities for STEM education. <clears throat> they will you know, based on the grants they get, um, go out into underserved communities and, and do like basically a period in a school day of science training for, uh, I believe it's mostly elementary school kids and the teachers are so thankful and the kids absolutely love it. That's that's wonderful. I'm on the board for the Reading Science Center that that's that opened up in uh, in Reading. Yeah. Um, and and it's 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 just great to have that that science education because it's it's so so important for kids. It absolutely yeah, it's amazing, and and I think it's just you you don't realize how um, 
I don't know, intimidated people are by it or, or, or whatever, you know, that just, you know, holds people back. And this, you know, you know, the Reading Science Center and Sparks just essentially pushes it out to the forefront. Yeah. And another organization locally is Science Explorers. Um, you know, my my daughter started with Science Explorers, I think, when she was in kindergarten. And even even through the the lockdowns, they were doing it virtually. And so I'd walk into the kitchen and she'd be on a Zoom and, you know, concocting some sort of science ex- experiment. In your kitchen. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's, it, was, it was great because, you know, and it was nice how they were able to, to pivot. You know, I know that was the word of 2020 was pivot. Uh, but yeah. to, to really continue to, to reach students and, you know, and, and really excite students about about science uh even students who maybe wouldn't otherwise have been excited by it that's it until you until you get exposed to even one little thing it could be it could make the difference so i have to i have to tag on to what you just said there and let you yeah. know that sparks is the nonprofit arm of science explorers so, <laughs> so i had a feel i had a yeah, feeling <laughs> yep yeah, yeah, so they're they're, t- they're tied together and and um it's it's kind of interesting the way it works, but it but it really they touch you know, hundred thousand kids in in a year's time, and they're always trying for more. That's just amazing. So, Dave, when when you stay when you stay local, where where can we find you if, if you're if you're out out for dinner? Judy's, Judy's on Terry. <laughs> yeah, don't blame you there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and again, not sure when this is going to air, but we're heading out to uh, Gracie's 21st Century Cafe for for Valentine's Day. It's no it's no surprise, Mel already knows. But so that that's <laughs> another one that we'd like to go to, but it's a little far. Um, haven't been to the new Ganley's yet since it's since it's reopened, so we're looking forward to that. Um, and then if the kids had any say in the matter, we'd be at uh, you know Chipotle. So. <laughs> so. So Dave, you're, you're, you're local from Berks County, right? I am. Yep. So what is, what is your fondest memory of, of the area? Oh my, I, I guess if, if I just take the instant gut reaction to that question, I would just have to say, you know, learning, uh, trout fishing, you know, from, from my dad, you know, at a pretty young age, um, and driving him absolutely bonkers. I'm certain, you know, I distinctly remember, you know, fishing reel, falling, unscrewing and falling into the water, you know, on the first day of trout season, which he probably had no business taking me out on the first day of trout season at that age. But uh, uh, that created uh, a life, a lifelong love though, of, of fishing. Well, I don't know that I knew that about you, that yeah. you had, that you, you have, that you, you love fishing. What's your favorite fishing spot? Well, uh, new, uh, I go outside of the state. It's uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, there's there's a, a lake uh, called Lake Todd up in uh, southern uh, third of New Hampshire that's just loaded with bass and I just it's one of those non-negotiable things Russ where I go there every June for three to five days. Um, oddly enough, I got engaged on on that lake. So I you know in the early days of your relationship, you're able to drag your you know your your other half you know on these adventures but now it's just me and, me and the guys but yeah so that's 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 my favorite destination without a doubt huh interesting so before before we we wrap up what what do you think more people should be aware of about what you do about what we do yes um well i guess 
we're really, really passionate about what we do. And, and, you know, of course we're of a mindset that we think you're nuts for using somebody else. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And don't get me wrong. There's a ton of really good agents in this town and a ton of people that, you know, that care as much as we do. But I would say that, um, I wouldn't go as far to describe it as concierge service. Maybe you could, I, I don't know, but it, it's just one of those things. Like we will literally take you from, you know, point A uh, to, to point Z in the best manner that we know how, not saying that there aren't going to be, you know, bumps along the way. I mean, you know, darn well that we encounter crazy things in real estate, uh, but we do our best. And I think with the way we're equipped here with our two admin and for agents that, you know, you're not going to miss a chance to see a house that comes on the market, uh, just sort of speaking to how crazy the market is right now. I mean, there's like, if I'm away or Mel's away, we still have, you know, two other people. And then even when we all can't do it, we have other people in here that we sort of, you know, trade back and, and have coverage. So, um, and then just our market knowledge, you know, like with me doing a, a monthly market update on the Berks County real estate stats just keeps me like totally dialed in, like to what's happening around me. I mean, I typically don't go out to a house and say, hey, here's what I think this is worth. I never shoot from the hip that way, but it does enable me to you know, have a pretty good handle on uh, on what's going going on around us. So on, on that note, what is going on around us in the real estate market, you know, generally? <clears throat> Well, again, not knowing exactly when this is going to air, we are in a real tough spot, actually, uh, for for buyers. And that is the f- uh, because of the fact that there's only about 300 houses for sale right now. And I, I even when this airs, I don't really expect that to change too much. So hoping things will you know, begin to break loose and people will feel you know, a little more comfortable uh, moving around. Uh, so the word of the day you know, would, would be you know, would be tight. The market is just extremely tight. Um, but it sort of speaks back to using someone like with the kind of experience that that all of us have is that the buyers agents that are working with buyers right now have been really successful we have a couple like maybe three four five strategies uh, that we try to use on every offer that we make um, and it, it speaks to working with somebody you know with lots of experience uh, because it'll increase your chances of, of getting that home you know if you're ready to jump in so I don't want people to be afraid you know interest rates are really good. We are finding people houses, uh, but I do. We do have to prepare everybody for how uh, wild it is. I guess is is the uh, best way I'd describe it. So it's it's not the days when when you be lo- when a seller would be lucky to get an offer. It's it's really a matter of which offer are they going to pick, and it's probably it may even be above listing price. Very very likely. Very likely. Yep. Yeah, we had one, uh, you know, just over the weekend that uh, Mel was trying to show. And I mean, it was just, hey, if you can beat, you know, they're buying it sight unseen and over asking and they're paying both sides of the transfer tax and the real estate commission. You know, it's like you just, okay, we're not going to go look at that one, you know, but uh, um, yeah, so it's 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 a little wild. and if you can get your head around it, we will find you a home. I mean, I could pretty much, if I had to take a list and say, okay, well, here's the last 20 buyers that we work with. Yeah, they may have made one offer, two offer, five offers, but we, we absolutely got them there. And, and try to keep people calm. You know, that's, that's the key. And, that, and that, that is key. And it's not, not an easy thing to do in certain circumstances. Do, 
Do you see any changes on the horizon with the market or do you think this is the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future? I feel that this is the way it's going to be. I know every other person I talk to says, you and I both know that the bubble's going to burst or this is, it's going to drop out or it's going to change. And, and, you know, we are in a cycle, you know, there's just no, no doubt about it. So it will change, but it feels to me like there would have to be so much inventory flooding you know, all these different markets throughout our entire nation, because it is this way across the nation. I'm sure Canada is the same way. Uh, we'd have to be a massive flood of homes uh, to, to dramatically change things. So all we're looking for is like a normalization, you know, so instead of 0.8 months worth of inventory, you know, we would like, you know, two or three months, um, you know, days on the market, instead of it being 19, you know, have it be 40, you know, which was, unheard of, that was what the average was back in the, the first boom, you know, that I can sort of speak of, you know, 01 through 07. And now the average is 19 days on the market. So that, that's, that's pretty rough, but good for sellers. Great, great for sellers. Uh, what, what do you think has sparked this? Well, I, I feel like it's, it's a really good question. Um, we have a ton of millennials that want to buy houses because they've, you know, you've heard them that they're, Hey, they're going to stay with mom for a certain period of mom and dad for a certain period of time or whatever. And they're, they're ready to like strike out on their own and start earning equity and have a home of, of their own. So there's, there's a massive influx of, of buyers and millennial is just one category. Um, but the, the sellers that are out there, I believe that COVID held a ton of people back that said, hey, look, let's just wait and see how this plays out. Let's wait till, till we go over to, you know, the retirement home or let's wait till we, you know, uh, I don't know, move, move somewhere warm till things are safer or whatever. So for whatever reason, it held back all these sellers. And now the, the biggest thing I hear is, well, if I sell my house, where would I go? You know, so there is a, definitely an intimidation factor, even though you know, in my last breath, I was saying, hey, we will find you a house and, and we will. You just have to be diligent and you have to kind of be willing to play along with the market. You know what I mean? So if, if, a, if a 315 house is going to sell for 350, you have to kind of be willing to jump into that fray. You're not going to get a 315 house for 299.9, you know? Yeah. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Well, Dave, thank you so much. It's been great to have you on Not Minding My Own Business. Uh, if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or have questions, what's the best way to reach you? So glad to be here. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, best way is, is email, phone, or text. Uh, 610-334-0294 is the cell. I'll give you the Remax of Reading main office line just probably because I should do that. Uh, just state real estate law probably would want me to do that, but that's 610-670-2770. And then super easy email, as long as you can spell my last name, is davidmattis at remax.net. So it's david, M-A-T-T-E-S at remax.net. And uh, if we receive a, an inquiry, uh, you know our response will be prompt. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Dave, uh, for being here on Not Minding My Own Business. Uh, and thank you uh, to our listeners uh, for tuning in today. Cheers, Russ.